Good morning and welcome to Holistic Wholeness with Barbara and Dawn. Today we're going to talk about the spiritual you. A spiritual you is a huge conversation, so we're going to scratch the surface of it. But as always, Barbara and Dawn are available for you to send in questions, talk to us, discuss anything you want to discuss. Equally so, if you want to have um, spiritual coaching sessions or mentoring sessions, please don't hesitate to, to contact one or both of us. But when we're talking about spiritual, we have to remember that the word spiritual means something so different to everyone. And in this show, we're going to do a little bit of exploration about the different meanings. For example, I know that Dawn's going to talk to you more about meditation, not medication. And I'm going to talk to you a lot more about how to understand your spiritual side and how that can provide you with some huge benefits and how I've quantified um, the law of attraction and things like that through using what I call the universal thought process. So stick with us for the next hour, and I'm sure some of the questions you've got about your spiritual side will answer. We may raise more, and as I say, please contact us. Now, with every show, we do a Wheel of Life, and we do this so that we can show you that the Wheel of Life obviously doesn't only relate to your whole life, but it also relates to elements of your life. And in this element, your spiritual side, the Wheel of Life will include the mind and in that we're talking about the conscious mind it includes the body it includes the spirit or the soul or the unconscious mind however you want to determine it your emotions your feelings your behaviors your actions and your universal thoughts because I know that through my own business practice of working with um, clients as a coach or a mentor or a trainer Understanding how you think has a huge impact on the outcome of your um, life, the goals that you want to achieve or the things that you're doing. Often, spirituality is related to religion. But using the definition that I found in a dictionary, the word spiritual means of or relating to the spirit or soul as distinguished from a physical nature. It's generally a spiritual approach to life. And when we're talking spiritual, we're also talking holistic. So we're talking about a life that is as easy and as simple, as free and as healthy as you want to make it. Swami said, you have to grow from the inside out. None can teach you. None can make you spiritual. There is no other teacher but your own soul. And you know that's really true because I can't say to Dawn, for example, hey, Dawn, start living a spiritual life. This is what you need to do. All I can do is help Dawn understand what her spirituality means to her and help her understand how she wants to live that spiritual life. Some may call it a holistic life. Whatever you call it, we'll discuss it in a lot more detail throughout the show. Happiness cannot be traveled to, owned, earned, worn, or consumed. Happiness is a spiritual experience of living every minute with love, grace, and gratitude. Dennis Waitley said that. 
And he's so true. Because happiness isn't something that you can switch on and switch off. Happiness is within you. And spiritual is within you. Dawn. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I was just pondering that. I suppose I was thinking that, you know, something else that really highlights what Dennis said, and that's, you know, the 60s and 70s and 80s where people used to go off to India in search of spirituality, and yet it was right there under their nose all the time. It didn't matter whether they were in England or anywhere else around the world. It's not found in India. It's it's found within. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Okay. Well, I, I like a quote uh, from the Buddha because you know that I took uh, Buddhist philosophy training for quite a few years. And um, the Buddha said, just as a candle cannot burn without fire, man cannot live without a spiritual life. And I know that kind of throws up some interesting discussions, doesn't it? Because obviously people and potentially some of our listeners will strongly disagree with that. Absolutely. And of course, also being a coach and a mentor, as we both are, you know, telling people that they can't do this and they can't do that is also a bit of a challenge for us. Mm. But equally so, I mean, Swami said, you know, none can make you spiritual. It has mm. to come from within you. And that's where, you know, the Buddha quote is, is a great one because you can't a, a full and holistic life, which is actually what this show is all about. Is living that whole holistic life. It's difficult yeah. to, to live it if you don't appreciate your spiritual side, your environment yeah. and all the things around you and in you. Yeah. So how do you think then, Barbara, because a lot of people out there don't consider themselves spiritual or, as we know, <clears throat> I mean, I think I first became aware of it when... Uh, it would have been in the 90s when um, I read the Celestine Prophecy and then suddenly because uh, I was working in London so I was commuting on the tube suddenly just like the book said I looked around and I saw lots and lots of people every day reading the Celestine Prophecy and there was this collective consciousness so I think that was the first time I became aware of spirit so if we think about since those times the last 20 years people are collectively becoming more in tune with this search. For some people, it's to be grounded with nature. For some people, it's to find themselves spiritually. How, how would you say that you would help somebody achieve that? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I have a number of clients who've come out of a very, what I'd call scientific background. They might mm -hmm. be accountants like I am. Um, they might be consultants like I've been where everything you do is logical, everything has mm -hmm. a process to it, and often everything has a, a way of testing it. You know, is it right, is it wrong? Absolute, you know, fact. To this feeling of intuition, to this feeling of trust in something you can't see, you can't touch, and you can't feel. Mm. And it's, it's trusting it. And I personally had that experience but I've got a few clients at the moment who interestingly are going through that who've come out of the city of London for example um, or live in one of the big cities around the world 
you know, and, and they're used to that fact information, you know, the train will go at this time. Um, there will or won't be a car parking space for you when you drive in. You know, it's fact. And how do you move from into, into a position of trusting that things will happen when they're supposed to happen? And I can remember years ago, um, starting to regain my spiritual side of me because I'd been in, in the IT world where everything was absolutely done by, you know, this program works or it doesn't, this is how you implement it, all that sort of wonderful fact. And, and regaining and refinding my intuitive side and doing some intuitive training. And I can remember somebody saying to me, um, you know, when I drive into a car park in London, into one of the NCPs, I ask the universe for a parking place. Mm. And I always get it. And I'm thinking, mm. do you know, unconsciously, this is where the unconscious and the conscious work so closely together. I used to do that when I got to roundabouts mm. and traffic circles. And I used to say, please, can I have a turn? And this gap would appear. Mm. But I never understood why or what I was doing. And I was watching The Secret when it first came out, avidly watching it to understand a little bit more about this intuitive side of all of us. And there was this lovely comment which really highlighted it to me where this guy driving into an NCP, I think in Sydney or somewhere like that, said, I ask for a car parking space as I drive in, but I tell it which door I need the car parking space to be close to. So please can I have a parking place next to exit whatever on floor three? And invariably he got a car parking space next to that exit on floor three. Mm. And you start to understand when you start to look at those little things that, you know, this is a communication and this is something that we do without being aware we're doing it. So are you saying then that these fashionable terms that have been very popular in the last 20 years, like the cosmic ordering and laws of attraction and the secret, all of that is just making spirituality fashionable? No, I personally, and this is completely me, okay, and I understand that every single one of us, as we do, Dawn, is different yeah. and everybody has their own beliefs. I actually believe that there's something out there that we can communicate to. And I've called it the universal thought process. Mm -hmm. um, and if this was a webinar and I was actually showing it to you, I'd actually show you my diagrams. But let me explain them to you. Yeah. It's a way in which we both talk to ourselves and we talk to everybody else indirectly. So, you know, when you've been thinking about somebody and they suddenly call you. Mm -hmm. Why would they have suddenly called you? Because you've been thinking about them. So you've put that thought out there into the universe. So you don't think it's coincidence? No. no. I think that you've made that connection. Telepathic connection. Absolutely. And it's done because you've consciously thought about them. You've given that information to your unconscious mind. And you've let it go out into this wonderful world that we all live in, and they've received it. You know, it's the same as if you really are absolutely clear about the type of client you want to work with, 
or in my experience in the IT world, the type of client I wanted to do a project with, if you get absolutely clear, that person or that organization will come towards you. Whether you accept to work with them or not is, of course, your decision at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the contract may not be what you want it to be. But you can bring towards you anything and everything you want. Now, Bob Proctor, on just on this topic, said something very interesting. He said, we think about debt. So we mm-hmm. bring debt towards us. So when you think about, oh, I've got a credit card bill of £5,000, you're not bringing towards you the money to pay that bill off. You're bringing towards you that debt. So you're going to stay with a credit card bill of £5,000. And it's all to do with how we talk to ourselves. Because if we talk to ourselves negatively, we get negative. And if we talk to ourselves positively, we get positive. And is it that black and white? Yes, it is. Well, to me, it is. Let me tell you that wholeheartedly. For me, this is truly black and white. And I know from my own experience that when I have consciously thought about something very, very positive, and I've allowed it through a meditation or through something to go out into the ether, that has come towards me. And in one of my businesses, I've been asking for a business development person. And, you know, at the end of last year, I took a sales inquiry and chatted to this person. And we got on really well. There was a good connection, good synergy between us. And and we talked about all sorts of things, not just the inquiry that, that she was making. And somehow I mentioned that I was looking for somebody on business development side. And she hassled me on email. I got three, four, five emails. Can you send me the job description? Can you tell me what you're looking for? And I brought her on board. Hmm. Now, I'd asked for that person. I have no idea where she came from. I have no idea who she is. I mean, we've become good friends since then, obviously. But, um, you know, this is just a phone call. I answered the phone and suddenly I'm talking to somebody. But I've been asking for this person. I was really clear that I wanted somebody who could come on board to help us develop the business. That's really interesting because obviously as coaches, we work with clients to find what they look for, what they're looking for. So that could be better health, it could be release from from debt and financial freedom. Uh, And more often than not, when we're coaching business people, what they're looking for is clients. So we we're trained to help them get really, really specific. So what you're saying then is when we are getting specific or getting our clients to be specific about who is your target client, how much money do you want to make, et cetera, et cetera, what we're actually doing is connecting with spirit. Yes, we are. Okay. We are. But when it comes to connecting with spirit at that level and starts to talk to, you know, how you talk to yourself and how you put this message out into the universe, Mm. you have to be absolutely clear. Mm. So it's no good saying, I mean, my classic example, and you're going to love this one, Dawn, with being a health health coach, it's no good saying, I want to lose weight. Mm. Because you know what, you could lose a pound and that's losing weight. Yeah, yeah. You have to be specific. And people say to me, you know, Barbara, how much weight do you want to lose? And it's like, well, I don't know in pounds and kilos. But I will tell you, I want to go down a size in my clothing. That's still specific. Yes. 
and I can still measure it. So again, you know, looking at, at the, the logical, okay, and looking at the smart process or the smarter processes I use, specific is, is that one clothing in size or that five kilos or that 10 pounds, whatever it is, it's specific. And the measurable for the M is you can actually measure you've lost it. Hmm. So it's, for me, my experience in all of this when I moved from being a business coach into, into you know, acknowledging that I work with the spiritual world and, and wanted clients who wanted to know more about it. It's all about really getting specific about what you want. Hmm. And concentrating on the positive rather than the negative like that, that debt scenario people focus on the fact that they're in debt or they have a lack of something in their life and that's what they're focusing on so yep. I get the laws of attraction that but I'm not sure that I see that as spiritual well it's 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 not and this is the problem um, with this word spiritual mm. because it is all about how you communicate. Now, spirituality, let me tell you, is huge. As I said before, I mean, you've got the auras, you've got the chakras, you've got a lot of energies around you, um, which are also spiritual energies. Okay, here we're just focusing on one small element of it. But it's, it, for me, this is actually quite a key element because when I'm looking at how people and obviously we've got we've got loads of listeners listening to this when I'm looking at the listeners and how my clients can actually help themselves mm -hmm. law of attraction for me is actually quite a key one because you attract into your life what you ask for and if you ask for debt you'll attract debt and if you ask for negative you'll attract negative and Dawn you know as coaches when we're looking at at goals we always say write them down in the present tense and in positive language because if you think negatively you get negative but if you think positively you get positive so does that mean our self-talk is spiritual in the way in which we define the word spiritual yes and I'm sounding. Because we never shut up, do we? You know, it's going on twenty-four-seven in our head. Yeah. But a lot of it is is actually quite negative. And that's the problem. I mean, I've 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 had a lovely experience of this recently, um, and I'm sit I do sit here some days thinking, how can I change this? As you know, Dawn, we've got a lovely border collie pup mm. um, who's been with us now three weeks, and she turned ten weeks old on uh, on Friday. And um, I said to somebody the other day, which really made me think of it, you know, the most used word in this household at the moment is no, don't do that. Yeah. Very negative. No, don't eat that. No, get out of the garden. Yeah. No, don't go off to that stick. No, get out the river. You know, all of these things <laughs> are no's. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm giving her negative. So... Within a few hours of her arriving, and I was so conscious of the fact I kept saying, no, don't do that. No, don't do this. And with a very determined no, so that she was getting the message. Bless her. She was only seven weeks old when she arrived. And um, I suddenly thought, you know, there's this lovely statement I read, because I've done masses of research about bringing up border collie pups. Um, and, and there was a lovely statement that said, 
positive treats work better than negative comments. Mm -hmm. So if you keep saying to your pup, no, that's what they get. Mm -hmm. But if you keep saying, good girl, you've done that really well. And giving her a, a small treat, it doesn't have to be a big one, a small treat, she mm -hmm. realizes what she's done well. And it was really brought home to me. And I know, Dawn, you know, you were quite surprised when I told you this originally. But this is a seven-week-old pup that I'd house trained in three days. Mm. And everybody says, how? Well, through positivity, not through negativity. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it is how we talk and it's how we become aware of how we're talking. So, you know, I can remember standing in the garden thinking, all I can hear myself saying is no, no. Mm. And and I was aware that I was doing the negative mm -hmm. and I had to change it. Mm. It's the same principle with bringing up children. I mean, we've both got dogs and I've got children and I've done research. Yeah. The fact is children in their formative years hear no something like 80% more than they hear positive. And then you think, is it any wonder that as adults, so many people go into therapy because of their self-esteem issues? Yep. Whereas if they had been brought up with, and I suppose that's what a lot of the, the more fashionable um, child raising practices are on now about ignoring the bad behavior and praising the good behavior. Yep. You know, I've always said if you can if you can bring up a child, you can bring up a dog, and and vice versa. And that's not derogatory. It's it's the it's same. Um, it's the same uh, training method. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's concentrate on what you want, and you want good behaviour. Yeah. And to be honest, I even joke with my clients. You know, it's the same with your staff and your partner. If you do something you don't like and you <laughs> nag and nag and nag, you know that's what you'll get more of. But if you nag praise. You know, even if they, like my my husband Robert, uh, you know, he Bless does the him. dishes occasionally. He makes such a mess. There's water all <laughs> over the bench. You know, there's crumbs in the sink, and it just drives me mad. Mm. And I think, well, if I concentrate on that, that's what I'll get. Whereas, if I just say, oh, thank you, darling, for doing the dishes, and just ignore the fact I've got to go in and clean up afterwards, <laughs> he'll happily do the dishes more often. So I have two big issues. It's the dishes and hanging out the washing. He doesn't hang out the washing right. So it doesn't matter how many times I tell him, Barbara, you do not hang stuff up like that. And it doesn't dry quickly enough when you fold it and hang it over the line. He doesn't get it. But if I say, oh, well done, you've hung up the towel, you know, single yep. file, as it were, and not folded, it's dried really quickly. Eventually, maybe the penny will drop. So I've got to stop nagging him about things like that because I'm bringing it on. Yeah, absolutely, Dawn, you are. And that that's the problem. I mean, it's, you know, you're, you're so right. Um, since Sky, our puppy, arrived, you know, I've been doing a lot of training with her, still trying to work full time, and it's been a bit of a challenge. Um, my partner has, has got a... Um, an operation to come up to in the next few days and of course hasn't been able to get as involved in in sky and exercising and running around outside I mean boy if you think a, a puppy needs exercising have a border collie pup who's used to running around all day and um, you know he hung up the washing the other day and I must admit I was like you thinking no don't hang my shirts up that way they don't it don't oh no but I didn't I went oh thank you darling for hanging it up because at the end of the day it's that 
it's that thanks, it's that appreciation, it's that gratitude that brings more positivity in. But when you find yourself, and this is the secret, when you find yourself saying to yourself, oh, no, don't do it that way, you have to stop yourself doing it because that's bringing negativity into you. So, so the I, first step is the self-talk. Yes, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because if you can think positively, you can speak positively, you can share yes. thoughts positively. But if you have that negative, and Paul Robert, I know that <laughs> you're always saying to him, I wouldn't do it that way. But if, yeah. if you didn't think that, and it's no criticism of you, Dawn, because we all think our own way. But if, if you become aware that you're thinking that in exactly the same way I did with this pup when she first arrived, you know, yeah. God, all I'm, I'm hearing is no from me. If you can become aware of it, and, and I say to, to people, you know, I'm working with on clients of mine, write, write whatever you're thinking in your journal. And if you see it as a negative, cross it out and write it as positive. It's the same with a thought. If you suddenly think, oh, Robert, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You have to stop that there. You have to become aware of the fact you've just said that no. And you have to change it and say, you know, something like, great, thank you for doing that. I might have done it differently. And it's that I might have done it differently that helps. So it's all about thinking and working through what we're doing and what we're saying and what we're thinking and how we're doing it. And I'm wondering if we've actually got some internet challenges because Dawn and I actually do record this across the internet and we're not sitting in the same recording studio. So I'm hoping she might just have rejoined us. Hi Dawn, are you back? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I don't know whether you were talking to yourself but uh, we temporarily uh, lost the connection there by the looks of it. I, I just explained that because I suddenly realised that, you know, there I was waiting for you to say something and you weren't there. But this is yeah. the nature of, of doing a radio show, you know, this happens. Yeah. I was just this talking. This is the universe sending us a message. <laughs> <laughs> so Dawn, can you start thinking positively about this show, please? Absolutely. <laughs> and actually, that goes back to your original question because that's um, the logic versus the spiritual, you know, the logic of here we are waiting for um, an internet connection and waiting for a server to work. Mm -hmm. And can we actually impact that technology? Mm -hmm. um, the, the answer is that yes, you can. But equally so, you can't only just impact the technology because if there's somebody sitting, you know, uh, the broadband connection we're using obviously goes through a French telephone system and it goes through all sorts of other systems. Um, if you, uh, you want that system to stay positive, you also have to think positively about all the people who are working on the system at the time. Hmm. It's not worth just thinking about the system itself because obviously if we focus on that very focused one key thing, we're not focusing on the elements and, and energies around it. Mm -hmm. 
So begin with the end in mind almost. You see it all the way through, not just the end bit. Absolutely. Mm. Well, it's interesting what you said about the impact because obviously we know that from research, particularly the Japanese guy, and I can never pronounce his name, but he has demonstrated through his photographs the impact of our energetic thoughts on the structure of water. Now, bearing in mind, we're, you know, we start out as 90% water, and by the time we die, we're normally about 60% water. So as an average, we're 70-75% water. And a lot of what we consume is high water if it's plant-based then that is a logical way that I can understand spirit and energy because I can see the structure of the molecules changing in the water and can understand how our thoughts can impact on that. So it's kind of a similar thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely, it is. It is. Yeah. But it's, you know, I, I mean, I can remember years ago, um, my ex-husband and, and I were some friends in York and we were walking down towards York Cathedral and something happened or somebody walked past us. And we were four adults and, and their daughter, who was seven, 16, 17 at the time. So really five adults. And whatever this thing was that was going on around us, the conversation was not positive. And I turned around and said something. And I can remember my friend Kathy saying to me, Barbara, you always see the positive in everything. And that was an unconscious thing. I never knew I did that until she said it. Yeah. And it was really interesting because when I started doing intuition training and, and really getting into understanding the law of attraction and how all these things work and studying auras and studying chakras and, and trying to pull this all together and make it make sense for me, let alone anybody else, but, you know, for me, yeah. I began to really be aware of when I thought negatively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounds really simple, you know, stop thinking negatively, start thinking positively. But actually, it's quite hard to do. And even saying stop thinking negatively is negative thought. Yeah, exactly. So going back to your uh, question about or the, the um, discussion we were having, can you be scientific and spiritual? You were yeah. thinking of scientific as the logic. So you're saying, yes, you can. Yeah, you can be. And can you be spiritual? And this is a, this is an interesting one for me because I've had clients say, as entrepreneurs, how can they marry being a spiritual being with being with making a ton of money? Well, so can money and spirit go together? Absolutely. And all I say to people like that is look at the big spiritual names you know around. There's, there's hundreds of them, you know, the Bob Proctors of this world. I mean, hugely spiritual. Everybody who, who was involved in making the secret. Mm. They don't have a problem with earning millions of pounds, dollars, Deutschmarks, whatever it is. But they don't keep it. They rotate that money. Mm. I mean, there's a fabulous comment and, and a quote, and I can't actually remember who said it? I was at a, a three-day entrepreneur's boot camp, as it so happened in Bournemouth a few years ago. And so one of the presenters said, there is enough money in this world for each one of us. What we have to do is keep it rotating. Mm -hmm. And if you believe yeah. there's enough money for you, the money you need will come towards you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but we have yeah, to I rotate remember, it. I, yeah, I have. I, I remember a similar uh, on one of my courses. We watched the story of debt. I think it was, and it said something like, "There is enough money in the world for." I can't remember if it said for everyone to be a millionaire, but it's the fact that millionaires and billionaires keep so much of it and don't rotate it that it means that there are people who are in in lack and in debt. But it's also how you make your money. You can if if you're yes. very spiritual, it's how you make your money, and then as you say, what you do well, with it. Do you it's, it? I, I don't rotate it, share it. Yeah, I mean for me personally and all you know we have to always remember that spiritual is personal okay mm. there's not a generic this is a spiritual person everybody is their own spiritual person for me it doesn't matter how people make money you know you can run the biggest commercial organization in the world mm. that is charging people hundreds thousands tens of thousands of pounds for whatever it is mm. But as long as you don't hoard the money, you know, you don't put it into a bank account or into savings or into some sort of money-making investment and hoard it. As long as you keep what you need, because there's nothing wrong with living in a five million pound mansion with 500 acres around you. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So as long as you keep what you need, but recycle, rotate the rest. So give it away to charity or, you know, start your own charitable foundation or you know, do something with it or just yeah. give it away, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, I actually think how you make the money is very important, but that's my Buddhist training about following the right way. Yeah. Uh, so I see that as really quite important. And and I understand that, but equally so, I think that, you know, there, there are some businesses out there that we would potentially look at and think, oh, you know, is that spiritual? Is that business spiritual or not? But at the end of the day, yes, it can be. You know, it, it's, a, it's a huge, it's a commercial organization and people are making money off it. But of course, if I'm going to that organization and I'm buying something from them, so I'm rotating my money into that organization, I'm helping pay salaries. Yeah. So I'm helping those people pay their mortgages, pay their grocery bills and, and continue to rotate that money. Mm. So it's it's not particularly you have to go to charity or something like that. I mean, you know, yeah. if you've got several billion pounds in your bank account, wishful thinking for, for us, Dawn, mm -hmm. I know. But, you know, if you have and you go and buy the most expensive Ferrari in the world, you're actually contributing towards somebody's salary. So you're contributing yeah, yeah, towards their yeah, yeah. their mortgage and, and things like that. So mm. it's it's not it's not hoarding it. You know, keep what you need. Yeah. No problems with that. And plan for your future. No problems with that. But for me, it's let go of the balance. Let go of the rest. Mm -hmm. So what would you say then are the benefits of even going down the spiritual route, so physical and mental benefits. So somebody, a client, wants to change their life and become more spiritual. What are, what are the tangible benefits they're going to experience, Barbara? Well, there's, there's two things, and one you're going to love, Dawn, is your health will improve. Yes. Because you will reduce your stress levels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Remember I talked about the wheel of life having emotions and feelings and behaviors and actions in it. Mm -hmm. You reduce your, your stress levels, your emotions change. They become positive. 
-hmm. your feelings become easier you know that you, you don't have sort of those negative feelings bubbling up in, a, in around you all the time the behaviors you have are positive so from a very physical point of view you are already starting to improve the way in which you live you're improving your health from a mental perspective if we're just looking at the sort of the two elements of, of each one of us as a, as, a, as a being from a mental perspective you're you're reducing the stress levels on your mind your brain and on your body mm. so for me it you know and, and it, for me i have a challenge with this word spiritual i have to be honest i mean i live a spiritual life as, as much as i can but I don't feel that one has to say, you know, I live a spiritual life. I live a holistic life. I live a balanced life. I live a life that everything I'm doing has a positive reason for doing it, has a positive end game in mind. And yes, it does come with stresses. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm involved in four businesses. Hmm. And you can't say that doesn't have stress with it. Yes, it does. And, and hmm. people bring stresses in. But when I'm asking for, I mean, I, I, you know, you know the story behind this, but um, to give people a summary, I recently asked for um, the resolution to a problem. And I can actually remember sitting on the riverbank here before Sky arrived, before our puppy arrived, and just saying, please help me find a resolution to this person. And, and I'm having huge problems with this person. And asking whether it was my you know whether it was something I was doing or but realistically I wanted that person out of my life because there was something not gelling and something not right and I wanted to make the change and I I walked away from that feeling not great because you know you never want to say bye to anybody you want these people to stay in your life and all that sort of stuff but a few weeks later I had an opportunity to trigger a process and that person is leaving my life because they've made that choice to do it I didn't actually make it but it's really interesting because when you focus on the challenges you've got you will find a way around them and whether initially at the time you don't feel great about it because you might be impacting on somebody else you know that you're doing the right thing for you and, you know, as coaches, Dawn, we always focus on with our clients of living their own lives, not living somebody else's life. And living a spiritual or holistic life means focusing on yourself and doing things that are right for you. So a word that just springs to mind when you're saying that, it's about being authentic. Absolutely. To you. Mm. Not authentic to somebody else. Yeah, sure. So apart from monitoring the self-talk, what do you think somebody has to physically do in order to be spiritual and achieve these benefits? Well, if we start to look at the components to people's lives, let's call them that for the moment, mm. are they living in the environment they want to live in? Now, you and I live in massively beneficially motivating meditating type environments we both live in the countryside yeah. but if somebody wants to live in the middle of you know Oxford Street in London with all that hustle and bustle and busy around them there's yeah. nothing wrong with that yeah. 
They don't have to go somewhere that's meditative. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's that's their choice. So you've got to ask, are you living in the right environment for you? Are you living with the right people? Now, I know that's a hard one because I've recently been through a divorce. And, you know, to ask yourself that question and come up with the answer that says, no, I'm not, it is not easy. But, you know, you're, you have to be authentic to yourself, as you said. Are you doing the job you want to be doing? So I did a, um, a webinar recently on self-esteem. And I asked the question, you know, when you go into work, are you going in thinking, I don't want to be here. This is negative. This is not what I want to do. But when you're at home, you're feeling really positive. This is where I want to live. This is where I want to be, you know, working, whatever. If you're not doing the job you want to do, now's the time to start to look to change it. Because the end goal of living a spiritual life is to allow yourself, in the only way I can describe it, is allow yourself to have positive energies coming in at all times. And not to bring in um, the negative, the stress. Now, should you follow a particular religion? That's your choice. Spiritual doesn't mean you're following a religion. Should you start to listen to your intuition? Yes, you should truly start to listen to your intuition and you should truly start to believe it. Maybe not as easy as it sounds, but yes, I believe that's true. That's what you should do. Is it easy to make some of these changes to bring this into your life? No. Mm. I, I, I can never tell anybody that, yes, it's the easiest thing in the world to do. But you have to be authentic to yourself. So you have to ask some really difficult questions. Am I living where I want to live? Am I doing the job I want to be doing? Am I living with the people I want to be living with? Mm. Um, I mean, I'll give you another example. A friend of mine who um, decided when she was 48 to go back to university and she did a two-year college course and a three-year university course and came out with a fantastic degree. When she came out of university, she couldn't find a job that she wanted. So she took on a job. You know, obviously, money needed to come in, needed to pay the um, education fees back and things like that. And it still didn't feel right to her. So she took a sabbatical of three months and went to um, the Far East with a charity organization uh, and worked um, teaching kids and building hospitals and, you know, all that wonderful stuff. And I'm not saying people have to do this, but this is just something she did. Um, when she got back to the UK, because we Skype chatted and we had a couple of Skype conversations, but she didn't have a mobile connection and she didn't have a um, an internet, would you believe? There was no internet in the village at all. Um, and she said it was really enlightening because she had to think about herself. She had to meditate. She had to start to really listen to herself. She came back out of it and she went and did a TEFL degree, um, teaching English as a foreign language at a TEFL qualification. And she's gone back there. Mm. And she, you know, she asked her husband for a divorce. She explained to her kids that she was going to leave the UK and she was going to go and work um, somewhere they'd never actually ever heard of in Phnom Penh. And, you know, She's now got a full-time job at a university there teaching both cultural um, studies and the English language. Mm. 
so you can make the change and yes you can impact other people's lives and you know like me when she went to her husband and said you know she didn't really want to be in the marriage anymore you know that's not a positive message you're giving somebody else and often we stop because we don't want to hurt that person so we we don't do it for ourselves but if you don't and this is a question I ask all my clients. If you don't live your own life, who's going to live it for you? Mm. And that's yeah, and if you but, don't, you're not authentic. It, exactly. It's impossible. Exactly. And as Julius um, Irving said, the key to success is to keep growing in all areas of your life. So the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, the physical. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, that's what that story that you've just uh, shared is about growing in all areas of life and meeting your needs yep and 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 yeah that's that's true but it's not easy Mm. and you touched on meditation being one of the steps yes so the self-talk being aware using the the, uh, the, uh, the characteristics of the wheel of life and meditation was one of the stories I mean for a lot of people meditation is the whole definition of being spiritual. I don't know how much, if you can break it down into component parts or whether it's just, you know, one part of the big process. Or what are your thoughts? Meditation is a, is a tool that is great to use. Okay. Um, and I know you and I both meditate, and I know a lot of people who do, and I know a lot of people who don't understand meditation. Mm. I didn't. I can remember somebody saying meditation and thinking, oh, that's Buddhist or that's this or, you know, having a, a judgment on it. Yeah, yeah. And um, reading up on the Internet, you know, only do yoga if you don't mind learning Buddhist things and only do this if you don't mind learning that. And it's like, but it seems to be a lot of closed doors to do with meditation. And I was doing a course unknowing that one afternoon of the course had meditation included. I was doing the course for a completely different reason. And I was taught a very specific type of meditation. And the meditation teacher, a guy I know and work with now, but I didn't, never met him before, was asking me some questions that I felt were a little bit personal. Because um, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know if he was going to keep it confidential. I didn't know what was going to be useful. Anyway, went through the training. And the whole afternoon was each one of us was called out to meet this guy and work with him for 20 minutes at a time. But when we were sitting in the training room, we had to meditate. And he was teaching us how to do it. And I can remember, you know, at the end of that session, six o'clock or whatever it was, going back to my hotel room um, and sitting in my room thinking, what was that all about? I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. And going on to Amazon, bless them, um, awesome. on the internet in the hotel, and finding a book called A um, Hundred Meditations. And I thought, but I've just been told that this is the right meditation for all of us to do. Mm. No Kindles in those days. So I had to wait for the book to come through the post box, mm. the letterbox in, at home. So the book arrived. And there was a meditation for walking down on the beach, a meditation for this, a meditation for that, a meditation if you were ill, a meditation. And I'm astounded. 
Then I went into my... At this point, Barbara, were you spiritual or was this the start? No, this was me trying to appreciate that I had been as a child, but that I'd ended up working in the commercial world and was had gone very much down the logical, the scientific route. You lost touch with your intuition. Absolutely. And I'd lost touch with that side of me completely. Um, but, you know, and life's did the busy. Meditation get you back into it? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It was really interesting. It was my intuition training that got me back into it. Okay. okay. Learning how to truly listen to myself. And as part of that, I was taught a meditation, another one. And I can remember saying to my tutor, because that teaching was on a one-to-one -one basis, not in a classroom. I remember saying to my tutor at the time, um, but I was just being told about this meditation and that. And she said to me, meditation is all about taking time out of your busy life and allowing your mind to go quiet. So switch off your mobile, switch off the internet, go somewhere nobody can disturb you, make it your space, your time. And it only has to be five minutes. It's better if it's a little bit longer, but you can do it in five minutes. And actually stop thinking. Well, I mean, how many thoughts do we have a day, Dawn? 74,000 or something? Well, I used to play tennis at school and in, in my 20s. And I can remember using my tennis racket in my mind and batting these thoughts as they were coming in. They were all tennis balls and I was batting them back out and learned how to quiet in my mind. So for me, meditation means going somewhere that for you is the right environment. I mean, I used to love sitting on a beach in Madeira, you know, in uh, meditating. And it's about the... Um, Allowing your mind to go quiet, very, very quiet. And often, you know, meditation teachers will, te will tell you to focus on your breathing or focus on something internally so that you're not looking outside there. Me, I used to focus on the waves breaking on the beach because it was the sound that I loved. And once your mind is completely quiet, you're not thinking anything. Stay in that space for as long as you can. Because not only then is your mind um, quietening down, it's also quietening your unconscious mind and it's quietening and helping your body. So it's calming everything down. So that's all meditation is. Now, whether you want to meditate with a CD or a DVD or, you know, a yoga technique or whatever, it doesn't matter. But meditation is all about quietening yourself down. And the one thing that I teach my clients to do is as you go into your meditation, ask yourself one important question. Just one. And let it go. Just let it go out there. When you come out of your meditation, open your journal up, get the pen out, and write down everything that comes to mind there and then. Because having asked the question, your intuition will start to give you some of the answers you're looking for. But often we come out of a meditation and we come back into our busy lives. Without using the, the journal to capture whatever. Yep. Mm. I or, mean, that's an interesting point because the, we've, ha we've had a couple of questions this month, Barbara. Uh, yep. Funnily enough, mostly around meditation. And one of them is, what do you do 
while you meditate. And I'd just become a meditation teacher for guided walking and, and sitting meditation. And one of the things I remember our teacher saying is, the goal is not to quieten the mind. So obviously there's lots of different uh, definitions of meditation and that uh, there is as we could have a whole show just on meditation but meditation is only <laughs> one tool of being spiritual yes, um, but what do you do while you meditate so you've just given a good tip there ask a question but you must use your journal afterwards in order to benefit yes yes mm, yeah. because that way that way you're and and it, and you know again let's go back and talk about this in in you know, more coaching terms, mm. what you're doing is you're allowing your unconscious mind to work through the question mm. while the rest of your, you know, yourself is calming down. Mm-hmm. And you're allowing your unconscious mind to, to give you the answers it's sitting with through your conscious mind as you're coming back. Mm-hmm. It's allowing you to listen to yourself talk which we don't allow ourselves to do. No. I mean, I've had another uh, question. I'll pose this one to you. Uh, but, I, you know, I really think the more we talk about this, the more uh, people are going to say to us they want a whole show on meditation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm improving my physical life. You know, I've lost a great deal of weight. Um, and now I want to start improving my mental life. I feel I should. I think meditation will help me. What are the beginning steps? So you've said about just finding an environment, um, uh, switching off the mind, you know, um, putting out a, a, a key question and then using a journal. I think we this is something we can come back to, but is there anything else you'd say to this particular listener? Um, the big thing is when you go and find that environment that's right for you, turn off your mobile phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, you know, if you're sitting in, in a, a room in a house, okay, mm-hmm. make sure that the landlines are switched off. Make sure people don't come in. You need to be quiet. You need to have su- space for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things we don't do well is we don't give ourselves enough time and space for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you've got children or you've got um, animals or something, you know, you need to make sure that they understand this time is your time. And once you get into the habit of quietening your mind, and, and there are thousands of meditation techniques out there, absolutely thousands. But if you're looking at the one I do, once you get into the habit of quietening your mind, you can actually do that. You can you can make it a habit and you can do it very quickly. Mm. Because quietening your mind reduces your stress, improves your health. You know, all of that's associated with it. Yeah. And I think that's key when you're a beginner. Um, as I remember, one of the teachings from um, uh, Pima Chodron said, you know, as she's a, a Korean Buddhist nun, uh, distractions don't bother her. They don't, they don't filter. Um, but when you're starting out, they do. then switching everything off is good. But... Um, there was some great research. I don't know if you uh, saw it, but um, Giuliano, the uh, New York mayor, I think oh, yeah. it was in his reign uh, where they had a, a, um, an experiment. They brought in um, Buddhist monks and they had those, uh, I don't know if it was mandatory, but certainly prisoners were invited or, or attended meditations every day. And four months later, the statistics had dropped dramatically for aggression. Yeah. So, 
it you just wouldn't think that something like meditation could have an impact on inmates aggression levels no but it but it can because yeah well evidently because it's it's all about you know it it I mean, this is a completely different topic, which I know we have got scheduled for later this year, is energy levels. You yeah. know, everybody's energy is around you. If you're in the middle of New York or in the middle of London, you've got loads of energies around you, and you react to all of those. Mm. And if you can be walking down Oxford Street and quieten your mind and start mm. to reject those energy levels, mm. you're not feeling the negativity and of course, that's what he was doing is he's teaching people to go in within themselves and to quiet themselves down. Mm. And, and if it's you, the same thing. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, and if you can do it consciously, mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, if, if I'm looking at, at a violent prisoner who's, whose actions may be um, to injure somebody or hurt somebody, mm. you know, if somebody can teach that person to go quiet and go within themselves, potentially and teach them that when they feel that they want to go and hit somebody or hurt them or whatever it is to do that yes crime will reduce yeah because it's about recognizing the emotion rising before it becomes this red mist and they've lost control absolutely absolutely but this awareness is really interesting I'm glad we're talking about this in a, another show because it just suddenly made me thought well you know uh, Prince Charles you know we, we've had him in the press talking to plants and I mentioned earlier the Japanese research guy who does all that amazing work on energy in water you know this is a fact we are all just energy all bumping into each other so I'm really looking forward to that show and I know we haven't got that much longer for this show so I just wanted you to quickly tell us a little bit more about the universal thought process and if our readers are going to be able to log on to our website and maybe get some of your diagrams that you mentioned well I'll, I'll what I'll do is I'll put up um, some notes and people can email me for the diagrams and I'll send them out a PDF for that no problems okay. at all um, because, as you know, Dawn, I'm using that in a couple of the books I'm publishing yeah. soon. So um, in one of the books I think you and I are doing together under Dala Guru, the Dala Guru series that you're running, um, people get a lot of detail about that, a lot more um, detail. Yes. Yeah. But, so that's the holistic health and thrive. You're writing in that one about this. Yes. Yes. So people Good. will learn a lot more about this there. And obviously in my own books, um, I, I'll go in a lot more detail and people get it. But really, universal thought processes is, you know, telepathic. It's me sending out a message to the universe mm -hmm. using my own internal self-talk and getting the responses back from that message. Mm -hmm. And if you send out um, a wishy-washy message that's not specific, measurable, and all those wonderful things us coaches do, not, not defined, you will get wishy-washy back. Mm. yeah and it's as simple as trying it you know when you when you like I always used to do and I still to this day do if I if I approach a traffic circle or a roundabout depending on what country you're in you might know them as different things I just ask for a space and there'll be a gap in the traffic that you know you can take mm. and and that's well, how I truly prove to myself that it works they always say as children and, and animals as well, they're telepathic. It's as we grow older that we lose our inhibitions and 
um, oh no, sorry, it's the opposite. We become more inhibited, and yes. apart from which, we are desensitized because of all the stimulation around us. But I do play this game with Mitzi, my Jack Russell. When she wants to get up on the sofa, she's got both paws on the side of the sofa, and she's looking at me. And we play. It's, some people would say we're staring each other out, but I'm being telepathic with her. And I'm either saying, yes, you can, or no, you can't. And it's amazing how many times she gets that right. Yeah. Absolutely, because they're picking it up. And that, that's no different, you know, for if you wanted to do that to attract clients to yourselves or something like that. But again, it's getting specific because if you're saying, yes, you can do this. No, you can't do this. That's very, very specific. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and if she gets it right, you know, every time, you know, the message is clear enough. Mm -hmm. If she hovered on that sofa, you would know the message wasn't clear enough. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's, it's and I've wonderful. witnessed that between the two dogs as well. I've I know when they're telepathically sending each other messages because oh. one of them's doing something out of character and the other one's maybe sent the other one away. It's really weird to watch. And my cats do that, especially since we've got the yes. puppy. I've 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 watched cat conferences as I call them, and these two yes, never never ever go out together. Um, and I've actually watched them conference together and then I watch them do something that is so not that who they are yeah. um, and they've never said a word they haven't uttered a meow yeah okay so. so more on energy in a future show but what's our next show Barbara well the interesting one is actually the next show Dawn is something you love discussing and it's all about self me okay you yeah us as a person yeah. And, you know, it's things like self-care isn't selfish. Mm. And this in this in the next show, we'll actually be talking about the importance comes back to meditation of me time yeah. and focusing on how your life will not only benefit you, but all of those around you. So if you're looking after yourself, mm. everybody around you will also benefit from it. Mm -hmm. So join us on the 25th of July. As always, 7 o'clock in the morning. And tune in and listen to our conversation about you. Yeah, and how you can improve your me time, quality me time. Absolutely. So okay, have a good month. Have a good month. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.